Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gavaza, and for today, we are going to be catching up with the team from Africa Data Centers. They are part of Liquid Intelligent Technologies. Uh, this is a conversation that we had um, at uh, the Africa Com Africa Tech Conference uh, that was held in Cape Town um, at the end of last year. We got to talk to uh, the CEO of uh, Africa Data Centers centers that is Tish uh, Dervasula and we're just going to you know hear uh, what uh, he had to say. I think a good place for us to start uh, before we get into uh, maybe data sovereignty is your view you know as Africa data centers you guys are one of the biggest providers on the continent in brief, if you could, if this was a state of the nation, right, uh, maybe you could give us the state of data centers sure, um, in sure. Africa. Um, I, I think data centers have probably never been on everyone's mind as much as it's been in the last 24 to 36 months. And uh, that's because of several things. Uh, number one, macro. Uh, you're seeing one of the greatest expansions of innovation in the history of the planet, right? And um, we went from internet and mobility to cloud, and then literally in less than five years, we now have AI. So, and the largest companies on the planet, Microsoft, Google, Meta, are all focused on exactly that. Africa is going to participate in this because we got 1.4 billion people. We've got 350 million of them that are between the age of 18 and 35. And this is all the stuff that they want to do. Yeah. Right. That's number one. Number two, we had an unbelievable influx of capital. The past five years, you've seen uh, three North American companies come into Africa in a big way. Um, South Africa, Nigeria, and Kenya have all participated in that investment. You've seen infrastructure investors, Elios, AIM, um, come into Africa and want to invest in, in data centers. You've seen the DFIs, IFC, DFC, BII, all come into Africa with large sums of money. Um, so there's an unbelievable amount of capital flowing in to help digital infrastructure. Yeah. Okay. And then lastly, um, you've got a willing and open community that wants to put it in, right? Um, from a regulatory perspective, we might not be perfect, but we want data centers here in South Africa. We want them in Kenya. We want them in Nigeria. We want them in Morocco. So they're coming up. So I think those three factors have been uh, Africa's participating in this, uh, in this data center boom or infrastructure boom um, that's been going on on the rest of the planet. Now, what's interesting to me, you know, you bring up some of these uh, big American companies and I'm going to pose a question to you that I posed to 
um, some of your colleagues uh, from the from the C2 side, you know, because I asked them about, uh, you know, in the AI conversation, where's cloud? And maybe it, it helps, you know, um, to also then get your sense of in an AI conversation, because that's the biggest conversation in tech right now, where do its data centers fit? You know, especially for people that are non-technical, right. right? All they hear about is the AI. Right. But, you know, you're a data center provider and they yeah. might need, you know, maybe help to educate us yeah. where data centers fit, you know, in that ecosystem. So, you know, just on a high level, something that I think every reader could understand, if a large language model, which is what AI is, right, needs anywhere from 3 to 10x more compute and storage than a simple Google search, right? So if you used Google in the past to give you yeah. a search, this AI search or large language model is going to require 3 to 10x more compute and power. Yeah. So it basically means that you've got to triple the size of the data centers because there'll be more efficiencies in compute and cooling and all the other stuff that will help us. But we don't have enough data center space and infrastructure to handle all that's coming down the pike. That's all that uh, that, that AI is going to lead us to. That is at, at least by order of magnitude. I think I think most people are thinking it's around two to three times. Somewhere there. Somewhere in that. It could be as high as five, but I think that's that's where it is. That's a lot. The other piece then of the equation is, uh, you know, the data sovereignty conversation, right? Yep. That's traditionally been uh, governments, you know, sitting and saying, okay, we want data to be, you know, within our borders, you know, that type of uh, discussion, uh, data sovereignty. Does that change at all, you know, where AI is involved or, um, you know, where, because there's this huge... I guess, trends, you know, around infrastructure sharing and, you know, different companies, you know, co-location, all of that stuff. How have you seen that, uh, that discussion evolving over time? So regulation has always been a laggard to innovation. Yeah. Okay. You had the car first, then you decided to put speed limits yeah. and guardrails and all that stuff. Unfortunately, because of what I discussed earlier, we went from internet mobility, right, to cloud, to AI so quickly. Yeah. If that rule, regulation lags innovation, was, you know, some order of magnitude of 60 months, it takes five years for regulation to catch up to innovation. There's just been no time. Yeah. Most of the regulations are 20 years old and in that same 20 years they've gone so fast they have no idea what to do so now we'll go to the and it is proven that if you standardize around that gdpr type process right the what the eu did including England, there's one thing they still agreed with, um, is if you standardize around data protection, having a data center in Milan versus Paris versus London is the same, 
Well, what it did was untap the whole Western European market. India just went through this. India is different than Africa, right? One country versus 51. So there's a lot. But if the AU, the African Union said, hey, here's the one standard data protection rule, it, I think it will untap the market and make it so much easier. The If you're a large hyperscaler and you're not sure how all of that information you have is going to be handled, yeah. you're unlikely to have massive growth there. It's going to be more stair-step and waiting for regulation to catch up. So um, what I think will happen is that they're going to use AI to help them write better regulation, and then we can unleash the 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 uh, the the machine, the growth machine that is technology innovation in Africa. Um, they they need to do they need to have you know good, clear, crisp, unified rules, right? Because if one country has uh, better rules than the other, that they will have an advantage, you know? And one country has no rules, that's not good either. You need regulation on this, so. That's where it is. Yeah. Okay. Now, before I let you go, I guess maybe it's uh, a bit of a culmination of everything uh, that we're talking about because I think the points that you made, you know, contrasting India and Africa is an excellent one because the African market is not a monolith. You've got, you know, different uh, aspects, but there are certain, you know, commonalities, you know, energy being, a, you know, a huge one. And energy is a huge conversation in South Africa. So what we're curious about is to get your sense around there are standard ways in which data centers need to be fortified, protected, and uh, powered, right? You need to, I think, different depending on the tiers, you need to have at least three levels of power, redundancy, all of that stuff. Maybe you could talk to us about what does it take, you know, to power this infrastructure, you know, for yourselves? What's the headache that you are encountering that perhaps your compatriots in other parts of the world don't have to all of you have to do different levels of redundancy but maybe talk to us about what is it like delivering that redundancy on this continent compared to other parts of the world so i would you know most people would probably answer this by saying hey you need reliable power right and it's true we do um but power right now is a global challenge yeah um, there's not enough power in North America, Northern Virginia, um, which is data center capital of the world, needs more power. London, England needs more power. Uh, Frankfurt, Germany needs more power. Dublin, Ireland needs more power. And some have distribution problems, some have production problems, some, but there's a huge... Africa has to get a, a, a firm power grid. I think that's number one. It has to continue to invest in connectivity, towers, etc. Number two. Um, the other thing that is a little more nuanced, and I talk about this often, is Africa, there's lots of differences between India and Africa. One of the things that India has done well over the last decade 
two and a half decades is they got themselves into the Western world's um, IT stack. Probably every company on the planet is one to two degrees of separation of a software engineer in Bangalore or Chennai. (laughs) How does Africa do that? How does Africa get into the rest of the digital economies supply chain and it needs to do this all the time everywhere right there's the same diamond that comes out of the mines in south africa can end up anywhere but when it gets to the united states it gets in a blue box by tiffany's or it gets a blue box tiffany's in london and suddenly that diamond has 5x the value why I, i talk about it in you know the kenyan coffee bean right is you know the fifth of a shilling or, you know, a tenth of a shilling or a penny of a Kenyan shilling. But the time it hits the cafe in Paris, it's uh, it's seven euros. Why is everyone else getting all that value in the supply chain? Africa has to do that. Africa has to figure out how to get into the digital economy at a, at a big way. And you would think that South Africa that has the jump Right, it's been, um, it's been the the one of the largest economies in Africa, and it's been a gateway to to London and to Western Europe would would participate in it. But with this power as a problem, be careful. Kenya can take make up that ground. Uh, I don't think Nigeria can right now with the currency problems that they're having, but. Egypt, maybe Morocco. Well, you know, the geopolitical challenges of Egypt are very, but yeah, Egypt, Morocco, uh, uh, Rwanda, uh, Ivory Coast, Ghana. These are small countries and smaller economies, but you can get stuff done. All right. And uh, so I think Africa has a a huge opportunity, um, but they also have to, this is the areas of focus that I would focus on would be those. Um, and this data protection, I think you brought up a very good point. If in the last five years, India went from roughly 800 to 900 megawatts, you know, provided by data center providers to double that. And it doubled because all of the, you know, they basically said one rule and the one rule is all the data has to stay here, yes. but it's a uniform rule. So suddenly Amazon, Microsoft, all of the large enterprises, plus, I mean, it's uh, hyperscalers, plus all the large enterprises, JP Morgan Chase, you know, uh, Lloyds Bank, Ned, anyone who wants put puts infrastructure in, in India has a simple rule to follow. So I think that's, that's the lesson we can learn um, and see where, how Africa can optimize this opportunity you know yeah, they need to do it so oh no no thank you so much
And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from my Myself and the rest of the team. It is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.